Emily and I'm Charlotte and welcome to Surviving on Cut Wine <laughs> Wine Whoa. and Cuss Words. Welcome to Surviving on Wine and Cuss Words. Um before we get started, quick little trigger warning for discussions of abuse, sexual abuse, childhood sexual abuse and emotional trauma. Here we go. Okay. Let's just right. start by saying my back is hurting really bad. Okay. So if y'all hear any grunts and groans, I don't know what it is. The well, trip to Colorado, the airplane yes. seats. or So whatever. how was Colorado? It was cold and there was snow up to my armpits. And half of it was snow, half of it was ice. But got to see your brother, which is always nice. Cried the whole way back to the airport. Why? Well, because I hate Explain leaving. to the people why you cry. I hate leaving. My yeah. my brother is an adult man, by the way. <laughs> You're an adult woman, and I hate when you leave. Because he's so far away, I can't just go have lunch with him. Right. You know, it takes you know a, it's a unique experience. $2,000 trip just to go see him, and, right. and you can't do that very often, so... But... It was his birthday, and we we played with him and his friends, and went out to eat a couple nights. Well, you we were telling me that there was absolutely nothing you could do because of the snow. Well, it wasn't. It's when you go to Steamboat Springs, snow is what people go for. Skiing right. is what people go for because we don't ski. What we did was walk to bars and restaurants. Yeah, you know, we did ride the gondola up to the top of the mountain to Thunderhead and had lunch and had a Bloody Mary and came back down. But I, if I go again with the snow, I'm going to ski, even on the little bunny slope. Why didn't you ski this time? Well, because I wasn't prepared. Oh. You don't, you, you don't go down that mountain without double layers and, you know, I, I don't have the goggles. I don't have the stuff. I probably didn't have the courage because... At my age, a broken hip, it's really hard to recover from. (laughs) So I need to plan. I need to plan it with all the proper gear and months of training. Repair your body. It doesn't have to be months of training. I used to water ski. I can't imagine it being too awful different than water skiing, except cold. Let us know in the comments. Is water skiing (laughs) different than snow snow skiing? skiing. It's two skis, and I got to keep them lined up so i can go down the mountain so but you know we can go in in september time frame in the summer time frame and we could hike if we wanted to we could ride bikes we could go tubing down the yampa you know but when there's six feet of snow you can't really go you can't really do much yeah i have to shout out the road crews in steamboat (laughs) springs though i mean there might have been armpit snow on the side of the roads and in the yards but there was nothing on the roads shout out to the public workers shout of out. colorado <laughs> i mean they keep shit moving in that city that's crazy well i mean because i imagine that's i don't know that's it's mind-blowing it, to me it's what it's what they do they have to have they have to be able to have the bus move the skiers up to the mountain you know it or they don't make money if the skiers can't get out of their houses to get up to the slopes 
they don't make money. So they have to put the money into the road crews so they can get up there. And I've already decided in our area here in Tennessee, when we get two inches of snow and everybody just freaks out and everybody stays home because we can't drive in it. It's not because we can't drive in it. It's because we don't have the road crews to deal with it the yeah, way they not, do. They're not dedicated it's like, those like Colorado all, They road just crews. sprinkle a little bit of salt on it and say, good luck. If you don't need to travel, don't. Yeah. And so everybody makes fun of us like, oh, everybody gets scared down there when it snows. It's not that. Y'all have badass road crews oh, that, yeah. that make the roads wonderful for you. Because I've walked Alex to the bus, yes, my adult male son. <laughs> I walked him to the bus to go to work one day, and it was about 6, 6.30 that morning, and it, it it didn't stop snowing when we were there, and the roads were white when we walked, yeah. and by the time Bo and I came out for breakfast or to find somewhere to go about 8.30 or 9, oh, they were clear, Yeah, and there were cars everywhere. Oh, yeah. You know, so shout out to Colorado Public Works. Nice. I mean, they, they do it right. They, they... <laughs> and the plane. Yeah. yeah, we sat on the tarmac a little while to de-ice the plane before mm-hmm. we left, and that was I don't fun. like that. I don't like it either. And he said, I do appreciate him giving us the updates he gave us, because there's nothing like sitting in that seat not knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the pilot came on and said, you know, we have to de-ice. Oh, God. And he said, part of the de-icing is, once we get on the runway, I have to rev the engines up really, really, really I terrifying with the brakes on and then let go of the brakes. <laughs> he said, so I'm just letting y'all know it's what I plan to do. So when they're finally done and you hear the engines going up and I'm thinking he's going to let these brakes go. and we're, oh God. <laughs> But that's what happened. They revved him up. It was like, we should be flying the sound of we should be flying right now. And then he let the brakes go and there we went. Shout out to the air crew, by mm-hmm, the way. Also, mm-hmm. shout out pilots and That's airline right. crew. I mean, that Delta pilot. And then the pilot from uh, Atlanta back home mm-hmm. was giving us all the updates. And here's the weather. And here's, you know, I really, I really appreciated the pilots on my trip on the way home, keeping us informed. Because communication is key. Absolutely. In everything. And the fact that... They were coming on saying, you know, this is the weather. This is where we are in our trip. Sorry, we're about to have some turbulence. So I'm going to try to move up around it. But if I can't, just relax with me. We're all good. Letting me know. These yeah. pilots let me know the turbulence was about to come. Right. And I of like, we're in it now. <laughs> or not saying anything. And then all of a sudden, the bells are dinging and the yeah flight attendants are sitting down. He let us know the whole step of the way, and I was appreciative of thoughtful. that. And then when Very we were thoughtful. leaving, I was walking by, and he was like 12. I mean, oh, my God. He was 12? Oh, no, he wasn't 12. But he was a baby. He looked like he was 12, and I thought, that's the guy that just flew us. Oh, God, I'm getting old. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure gosh. a lot of people think that when I come in, and I'm like, hi, I'm your nurse. Mm-hmm. And Oh my goodness, and all these people are like, in your experience. And I was like, hun, look at me. What experience, what experience do I have? Do you in think your I experience? How do you think this is going to turn out? How do you think he's going to recover? A, that's not within my scope of practice to discuss with you. Mm-hmm. B, 
What? I don't have much experience. Yeah. I'm pretty new. I know I look tired, but give me You a break. need to start that conversation with in your learning, not in, in your experience. In your experience. One day you'll Ma'am, be... Ma'am, I am brand ass new. Brand ass new. <laughs> One day you'll be able to you'll be able to start a conversation that says, "In my experience, Ugh. in my experience." <clears throat> but that's we had that trip to Colorado and then jet lag. I came back late Thursday night and and did not get to unpack like I like to. My OCD. I had to leave my suitcases because I had to go to work Thursday, uh, Friday night. So I had to get some sleep Ugh. and worked midnights all weekend. And now I'm in the process of washing clothes and unpacking, so. Woo! I know. All right. And Alex is going to join us. By the way, we did not hook up the um, podcast while I was in Colorado because we were just having fun with his friends and his birthday, and we just and never I got together. To sleep. And Emily didn't want to wake up. No, I didn't want... I was so tired. And the time <gasps> difference. But he's going to join us for one very, very soon. Okay. So, now that we're nine minutes in, let's go ahead and get on with <laughs> the podcast. Up. Well, we have to catch up. Yeah. I haven't seen you in a while either. I know. It's been it's been a while since we mm-hmm. recorded an mm-hmm. episode and got together. I see we have a ton of corks on the table. Well, we have ten new corks this week. Okay. So. Do we have any stories to read? We do. Let me get the corks up there. Okay. We have, so, uh, if you have written in... To our email, surviving on wine and cuss words at gmail.com, and kind of shared a story or experience with us. Um, we're gonna put a little cork up here um, to represent you. One of the subjects, subject lines of the, put some on your side. One of the subject lines of one of the emails said, add another cork. Oh, so I mean, you know, that's that's something that I said uh, to Alex when I was talking to him about the podcast and um, that I said to you it's and that I've responded with to some of them I'm so glad that people are reaching out I'm so glad that they don't feel alone and it's good to read the stories but it's sad it's still sad that we have this many but here we are with this many and all represented on the wall. I have one that I want to read today. Yes. If you uh, will allow me to find it on my phone here. Absolutely. Yes. I love <clears throat> hearing your stories and I don't read the emails. Mom is actually in charge of reading the emails. So she's, uh, anything she reads to me, I always just like, um, it's my first time hearing about it. So you kind of get my live Unless reaction. there's something in the email that says specifically, tell emily or there was that one time there was oh something that i had to tell you because i needed you to understand the impact that you made on that person so okay let me find it i probably should have printed it out but you know Mm, there it is okay so in this email It says, I'd like my identity protected for this, which is very normal. Um, Just call me Heather. Okay, Heather. Okay, this is a story of my experience taking down an offender before it was too late and how I lost my best friend in the process. Sure. We'll call her Kylie for this story. All names are changed for privacy. Okay. You guys have said on the podcast that generally it's better to allow the victim to tell their truth when they're ready. 
I have a lot of guilt about this, but some of the abuse was occurring to me, and I was the type of middle schooler that did not put up with that crap, and I didn't want my friend to have to deal with it either. I was a tough little SOB and wasn't afraid to stick up for anyone, which is great. In middle school, my best friend's mom got remarried to a guy we'll call Bill. He was very friendly, but that quickly became too friendly when it came to Kylie's friends. He would wrestle with us against our will during sleepovers while wearing only silk boxers. When he would sit cross-legged on the floor afterwards, his genitals would be fully exposed. Of course, he didn't try to hide it at all. I see now that he was doing it on purpose. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Can I enter? Mm -hmm. I was just going to say... It's definitely one of those things where when you're a kid, you're like, ah, yeah, whatever. And then you think back about it as an adult and Mm -hmm. you're like, no, that's so absolutely purposeful. Mm -hmm. I just, you don't think, you just think it's an accident. But then. Yeah, when you're a kid, you like justify, well, that was weird. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, you're like, wow, that's so absolutely because Purposeful. at that point, you're, yeah. you were an adult and you think, I, I would, would never, never do, do that. that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Continuing on. He would, quote, copper tone tan us while on his boat, which for the younger crowd means pull the back of the swimsuit bottoms down to expose the top of the crack while saying copper tone tan, which is just gross. He would graze or grope our bodies in the river as we swam with him. Then came the stories that Kylie confided in me. Okay. She told me how he started offering, then eventually insisting on nightly back rubs in her bed with her shirt off. As she laid face down, he would massage he would massage too far down the sides and massage her chest. She had larger breasts for a middle schooler. She said sometimes he would lay in her bed with her and snuggle, even though she told him she didn't want to. Then she, then she told me he would insist on watching her shower sometimes, which started and evolved from him just needing to get something from the bathroom while she was showering. He would also walk completely nude from his bathroom to the bedroom or step partially down the stairs to speak to someone in the kitchen while still nude. Mm-hmm. He absolutely was grooming her, and I hope so hard that he never got far enough in his grooming to actually sexually assault her more than he already had, at least. She never told me anything about him touching her sexually or raping her, so I'm hoping that it just never got to that point. After she told me about the shower, I knew I had to do something because she wasn't going to tell anyone. She had told her mom about the boxers, swimsuits, copper tone tans, etc. And her mom basically wrote it off as him being very friendly and nice. Such Mm -hmm. a shame that she didn't believe her daughter. Side note, she may not have not believed her. She just might not have wanted to believe or do anything. But either way, that's still bad. Okay. I immediately went to my school counselor and told her it was so hard to explain to a non-family adult all the sexual assault I had heard and witnessed firsthand. That's embarrassing when you're in seventh grade, so I had to muster all the bravery I could. That's embarrassing anytime, but Mm -hmm. a seventh grader, yeah. Kylie was pulled into the office for a private interview with the counseling team. 
during which they informed authorities of the assault, and she was furious at me when I saw her afterwards. Then we quickly dove into forensic interviews at the court and child advocacy teams. Thankfully, I didn't have to testify. They used my testimony from the forensic interview and read it in court. I can't remember what he was actually convicted of, and I can't find where to find the free records in my county. He's no longer on the sex offender registry, which is alarming. I know he did some jail time, and I know me, Kylie, and one other girl who testified all had a 10-year restraining order against him. Kylie's mom eventually believed her after he was convicted, disgusting, and promptly divorced him. We learned through the process that he had issues during his first marriage for the same types of things, sexual misconduct with his own daughter and her friends. Let me stop here and say, there was an ex involved in our situation, which she cut ties and took her daughter to never see him again. And I understand that, but I'm telling you, if if he ever got out in our situation, I would reach out to someone that he started, making sure you understand this happened. I just feel like if someone experienced it before, I, I know I understand, take care of yourself, but I, I just, I would reach out. Okay. <clears throat> Shortly after he got out of jail, he got in trouble in a local restaurant for pursuing a teenage girl tried to get her number, and tried to convince her to be his girlfriend. He fell off the face of the planet after that. Sort of wish he actually had. He's about 70 years old now. He's a sick fuck, and I hope he never gets, never has access to underage girls again. Like I said, I have some guilt about all this since this was technically her story to tell, but the minor things he was doing to me and our friends were also so far over the line of acceptable. So there's also a part of me that doesn't feel guilty or regret it at all. I like to think that I was a little badass that took down a pervert and protected my friend from something much more sinister. Unfortunately, Kylie and I never spoke again until we were about 19 or so and ran into each other at a party. We sat up we set up a day to get together and talk, and we got to tell each other our own versions of this story. The whys, the process, etc. It was a very healing conversation, and she said she forgave me a long time ago and fully understands why I did what I did. Her relationship with her mother was strained for several years, apparently. Her mom kept telling her that Kylie ruined her marriage. I can't imagine the healing that had to take place to forgive her mom for the blame and not believing her in the first place. She says, love your podcast and your bravery. And I love that I have the opportunity to tell my story and have some people understand what we went through. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's so long. No worries. It's hard to tell this story in a summarized way. Heather. So Heather, I can... I completely understand where you're coming from. And the first thing I want to say is the abuse that you experienced from that man absolutely deserved to be reported. And then anything that you witnessed your friends going through deserved to be reported as well. So you definitely 
didn't do anything wrong and I'm so glad that you got to meet up with her as an adult because as a child I can see where that anger comes from and then now that you guys are older and she said she forgives you she probably truly does because she probably was experiencing such deep and dark things at home that not even you knew about if that's what he was willing to do in front of people you just never know what she was experiencing behind closed doors and so Mm. while at the time you did lose a friend you saved a human being I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, that's almost exactly what I told her when I responded, because you said at one point, if, if a child is being abused, all they want is for it to stop. Whether the abuser stops or whether someone stops the abuser, they just want the abuse to stop. They're innocent. They can't consent. They, they're scared. And all they want is for it to stop. So I had this theory and I like to think that it's probably the correct theory. Um, yes, she was witnessing things and, and she saw these things, like you said, maybe m- more on the, uh, under the surface. But Kylie confided in her, I think, subconsciously because she knew she would tell. Mm-hmm. And what she did... Well- You know, I confided in one of my friends when I was in middle school and I begged, I begged, please don't tell, please don't tell, please don't tell an adult, don't tell anybody, don't tell. Well, and so did she, according to her story. But, but when you think about it, that's why I said maybe even subconsciously, she told her because she knew this was her opportunity to tell someone who may tell. Well, not only that, just trying to connect and save face where she didn't have to be the one who told she could say i didn't tell i didn't tell i didn't do this so that she thought it would save the relationship with her mom that i'm sorry i got it does that make sense yeah but i think from my point of view and my perspective Um, It was more like less that I would tell people to stop the abuse and maybe subconsciously it was, but more I would tell people to so that I wasn't alone and carrying it alone. Um, And my disclosures came with, please don't tell my life would be over if you told. And that's the way I got it here. She didn't because she was furious with her because now she's got to deal with her mom saying it ruined the marriage and and things like that. But it's still not a re it's still okay of what happened and i feel like i i still feel like it it there is a a part of kylie that was thankful for her actually saying something because she saved her from having to be the one to tell i'm i'm sure at the time but i mean there's a certain level of power that's taken away from not being able to be the one that's tell so I'm sure she struggles with that with not getting to kind of tell on her own terms but you know we'll just you know from a friend's point of view you did everything you could to protect your friend Mm -hmm. um you did everything you could to protect yourself you were experiencing uncomfortable behavior that crossed boundaries you have to protect yourself as well um and 
you know, you did the right thing protecting a child who was experiencing harm at home. Even if at the time she felt like it was a huge inconvenience, I'm glad, like I said, that you guys got back together and you were able to see how it positively impacted her life. Because at the end of the day, the struggles with her mom not believing her, whether you had told or not, was going to be something that they had to go through anyway because she did tell her mom, mm-hmm. you know? She Yeah. So that was going to be something that was going to strain their relationship either way. Um, so it was, yeah. I, I still think, I guess it's a different point of view from yours. You know, you have a different point of view as I do. I, I just want to stand up and, and applaud anyone who discloses it. And I see where you're coming from wanting to let, the person who's suffering it disclosed, but I'm, I'm of the mind that if I see it, I want like her, I took down a, a, a child abuser, but I lost my best friend in the process. Right. You know, it, I feel like I'd rather stop the abuse than, than protect it. Right. You know, it's almost like enabling, like me as the mom, me as the person who didn't know me as the person who feels like I should know you telling me right now, that you told people and you begged them not to tell breaks my heart. I wish they had told me, you know? And so we have very different points. I wish they had told me, I, you know, it's, it's different. And, but, but then you as the person who was there and suffering it is, is as happy and glad that they didn't because all you wanted was someone to confide in. So it's a very different point of view. You know, sure. I wish they had said something to me. Um, I also do just want to caution people. This story was anonymous, but I do want to caution people on t- reaching out to tell other people's story without their permission. Mm-hmm. Just um, if it's something that you personally witness, you're absolutely allowed to tell that story because it's something you experience. But if someone confined in you, you know, um, be sure that if you send that story in and obviously she was involved in this story so it's kind of different but just make sure that you're not you know sending in someone's stories who's not ready we haven't gotten anything like that this this was heather's story absolutely and and her heartbreak of losing her friend and and that's just even more evidence of how deep-rooted abuse can be when it comes to interpersonal relationships. It doesn't just affect one person or two people. It right. affects everybody. And in, in their life going on, it, it affects it's not it it's not one and done and then you have to deal with with that particular abuse. It's when it's done You've got to deal with that particular abuse. You've got to deal with your relationships going forward. You've got to deal with demons going forward. You've got to deal with so much other stuff. It, 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 it's like a cancer. This one thing happens and then it spreads five different directions. It affects your relationship with everybody. Right. But I do want to say, Heather, that um, a lot of... You don't want to hold on to that. There's no need to to hold on to all this stuff in the past. But um, if you ever find yourself kind of consumed and thinking about the past, I would like you to think about, you know, what had happened if you didn't disclose. 
because right. that could have been, you know, absolute nightmare, not only for your friend, but for you as well, as you guys continue to be friends. And then that abuser continues to be in your life as well. Things could have escalated because you just get to this level of acceptance. And in your head, you said, no, absolutely not. I'm going to tell somebody that's super brave for like breaking this mold and like going to tell people it's super hard to explain to people who are outside of your family, who are outside of you at all, what happened. And to put that to words is, um, can be like disgusting. And then uh, being like, in middle school and losing a friend when you're supposed to be building up these long lasting friendships, I'm sure was like very affecting, but at the same time, losing a friend for doing the right thing. Well, that's heartbreaking too. Well, I, I, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You, an alternate ending of not telling, but I feel like if she hadn't disclosed, like you said, it would have continued. It would have escalated and, Heather being like the little badass seventh grader would have distanced herself from it. Right. And then you have, I I feel like that's what would have happened. She's like, if I can't tell, I'm not going to be around it. So then Kylie is left to deal with it on her own. And and you never know what would have happened there. So that's what I feel like. She would have lost her friend Mm -hmm. because of not telling. And, I just, I feel like, of course, being the right thing to tell, it was her, she saying, this happened to me, and I've seen it happen here, that's the right thing to do, and and not telling would have torn your friendship up anyway, I feel like, and then the friendship was torn up, and nobody knew, Mm -hmm. so that's a bad, that's a worse scenario. Right. So, always telling is great. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. Good telling. It might feel bad in the moment, but I'm so, like I said, I'm so glad you guys got to reconnect as adults and see that it ultimately did positively impact our life because I would have bet money that it did. Yeah. I, I would have bet money, all my money, that, and, that it did change her life for the better and that she was able to get some healing out of it even when it's not initially what she wanted. It was just good for you that you were able to get with her and she actually say that to you. Yeah. And that's great. That is great. And it's still, I can't imagine it being awkward too, because they both knew what happened and they both had restraining orders on him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. now he's 70 years old out in the wild. Get him. Without being on the sex register. Yeah. Offender registry, which I think is weird. I thought those things lasted for life. Yeah. Life. I guess it depends. Yeah. Um, mom, when we went through our personal kind of disclosure, is there, do you want to talk about people that we lost? Because immediately what comes up for me is I pretty much lost everybody on my dad's side. Mm -hmm. You know, I told my mom, my dad went to jail and pretty much everyone on my dad's side stopped talking to me. Yeah. And... Well, it, it's like I said just a few minutes ago, when when I started talking to people who, obviously, we were divorced, so I didn't hang out with him, and I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, socialize with him, but we still had mutual friends who did, yeah. and um, 
when I started talking to them or reaching out to them and, and I started hearing things like, you know, I thought, or I kind of suspected, but you just never know. It made me furious. And, and that again is coming from my point of view, but that was enough for me to say, okay, that's it. You're out. If you feel something and you don't feel enough to, you may not want to confront him, but come to me. Yeah. And say, you yeah. know, things are kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe you should look into it. Maybe you should you should see what's going on. Or, or maybe you should ask some questions. If someone was feeling that and didn't tell me, they're out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I had no problem letting so somebody what was that, go. What was that like for you? Was there ever a moment where you struggled with cutting those people out no. because they were friends? No, nope. not one moment. Well, not for me. Not one moment. I had a really hard time cutting, um, you know, these people out that I considered family, like obviously aunts, aunts, cousins, mm-hmm. you know, um, what initially made me set my boundary was that comment from my aunt that was like, we should have, you know, we, I don't know why you had to tell the police, like we could have handled this in the family. And that's the moment that I realized that these people were not going to be cohesive to my healing. And I took that step and I, you know, blocked them on Facebook and blocked them on all the other social media. And yeah, it was harder for you because you had more of a relationship with them. I I didn't have a relationship with them. Right. It it, It felt like losing half my family, especially since like... A lot of them had lived with us, with my dad, uh, as well. Um, and so it was, it was tough. Um, but as the years go on, you look back at it and you think, gosh, if, if I had a young girl in my family and she came up to me and said I was experiencing this abuse, I would not have behaved that way. And, you know, I would have protected her at all costs, but instead they made it feel like it it was my fault. And so I think, God, it feels so terrible to cut these people out of my life. And then I look back and I'm like, no, that was the right move because there's absolutely no excuse for defending a pedophile. Um, And I believe that wholeheartedly. And you just have to cut that out of your life. And I'm so sorry that you lost a friend. And that's so different than, than cutting people out who directly support your abuser. But, um, I hope I hope you understand how it all all benefited both of you in the end. Right. I mean, y- you know, you look at you had an aunt who didn't support you. Me, uh, I did. Right. That uh, Emily had an aunt, his sister, her dad's sister, and I think she had. She was torn. Okay, I kind of trying to put myself in that situation. She was torn with, let's say, a brother that she loved. Okay. And a niece that she loved. And I feel like in that situation, it needed to be you supported mm-hmm. 100%. You're believed, you're supported. It doesn't mean that she doesn't still love her brother, but if she loves her brother and wants to support you, she would love him and get him help. Right. You know, it's like support the fact that he needs to pay for what he did Mm -hmm. and get help. Yeah. You know, there's no, it doesn't mean 
by supporting the victim and believing the victim, it's it doesn't mean that you don't still love the person who did something wrong. It, right. It's okay because you love that person, but your love should push you to get them help. And, and sometimes help starts with paying for what you did. Yeah. You know, it, it it's, you know, these people have to be, I assume, torn between feeling this weird, why do I still love him? Well, or I love her. And it's, it's just a crazy situation that, that I, I would never wish anybody to be in by any means, but love of the abuser does not mean you excuse what they did or are doing. It, it, it means you push them to get help and, and, you know, that don't be torn there. Don't be guilty with yourself because of that. You know, in that situation, it's telling is pushing them to pay, pay for what they did and get help. Okay. I guess. But kind of circling back mm-hmm. to the topic at hand, which is losing people through disclosure. Mm-hmm. Um, some advice that I would give to somebody who maybe has recently disclosed and has lost, maybe has lost friends. You know, even if you are in a situation where something happened, you know, domestically between you and your boyfriend, you and your husband and your partner in some way, and then you've got friends who take so-and-so's side, like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways that you can lose people through that. And the first thing you have to do is just look around, make sure the people who are there for you support you. And if people don't support you, you know, don't pay them no mind. Don't even think about it. Like, I'm really sorry that they were a good friend and that you had a good time with them, but they're no longer helping you. They're no longer supporting you. They're no longer there for you. And if you're like in Heather's case and you lose a friend because, um, you know, maybe they're underage and you disclose abuse that you witness or their um, parent is abusing you, that's that's really sad. Yeah. Like that just sucks because it's just, it just hurts all the way around. But I hope one day that like you come back to each other and realize that the best mm-hmm. absolute thing was done. You know, and and that just takes time. But, you know, don't be afraid to lose people. Yeah. When you're going through this period of purging abuse from your life, you also have to purge the people who made that abuse possible in a way. And you can, I mean, there are ways for them to, okay, let me ask you a question. What would you do if one of those people that you cut from your life came back and said, you know what? I've really done some soul searching and I am so sorry for not taking your side. I'm I'm so sorry for not doing the right thing and, uh, you know, wanted to be back. I mean, you know, what, what would you do? Because Um, given them time to say, uh, so I would, take them back with a certain level of boundaries. Mm -hmm. My first boundary would be that they're not in communication with my 
mm-hmm. abuser at all. I don't want to talk to them and they report anything back right. uh, to my right. dad. Um, the second thing would just be to keep them kind of at arm's length for a while mm-hmm. to see if they're really going to be truly support for my life, if they have um, ulterior motives for right. coming back into my life. And, you know, sometimes... You know, outside of the abuse and outside of everything that happened, you know, there have been some people on my dad's side of the family who came back into my life Mm -hmm. and I cut them out for, you know, other reasons that weren't related. Just, you know, serious drug use and it kind of felt like when they talked to me that it was manipulative and that they wanted something and... You know, I end up just cutting them out of my life. Yeah, they acknowledge my abuse and they said what happened to me was wrong. But even with all that, they're still just a toxic person that Mm -hmm. I don't need in my life. Right. You know? And that's, you know, you, you think either if someone tries to come back in your life, either they really have done some soul searching and they're on your side or there is an ulterior motive. Right. I mean... Whether it's to get you to recant something or, you know, try to help when a uh, appeal or a parole hearing comes up, mm-hmm. because then that means they're still 100% behind the abuser as opposed to you. So you right. really have to be careful. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know what I would do. No one has ever, no one that I cut has ever tried tried yeah. unless well then i blocked them so i guess if they sent messages you know they they didn't try hard enough because i'm better. still here it's just better yeah i mean in a lot of ways you don't need to deal with the guilt of it's it's going to be sad and it's going to be a, a a grieving process that you lose more than just the abuser you lose other people and that's super sad that's what that cancer is about that one thing that happened spread its little tentacles into all these other parts it wasn't just that one thing you're going to have to heal and recover from the 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 tentacles that got spread, you mm-hmm, know, and mm-hmm. that's, that does suck, but people can change. But like you said, arm's length, make sure they're there for you. Yeah. You know, but it's just like with, with Heather, they got to reach out. They got to talk. There were no ulterior motives there and they're probably not going to be best friends going forward, but at least they've talked to each other. They've, come to a a closure that you know I didn't like it at the time but I see why you did it and I appreciate that you did it and they got that little bit of closure and that's great but yeah I had I had no problem cutting people out and if they've reached out I wouldn't know it yeah but they can find me I'm not hard to find I didn't go hide right so anybody you know I feel like there are some people that could be embarrassed the same as I was, felt guilty the same as I do, and just went and hid mm-hmm. and didn't didn't want to have to think about it. And it was easier to cut me out and to agree with the whole, okay, fine, cut me out, yeah. than to actually have to deal with oh, what no. they feel like they did yeah, or didn't do. Yeah. You know, I had to deal with it. I had to deal with it. Therapy, you, you helped me more than anybody dealing with my guilt. And 
I can't, I still can't thank you enough for that. You know, I don't know that we would have, I don't know that we would have the relationship that we have now if you didn't go through your therapy and get to the point where you could help me. And that sucks. But nobody in the world could tell me, don't feel guilty, just move forward. It, it, I had to hear it from you. Right. You know, I had to hear it from you because I no no amount of therapists or nannies or granddaddies or anybody could tell me that. And that was part of the healing, I think, for both of us. All right. So. But of course, everybody's got different stories. We're all so similar, but all our experiences are so different. So, you know, not everything we say about our story is going to apply to yours, but we hope you get some sort of healing and understanding that you're, you know, not alone through these like trials and tribulations. Yeah. Um, definitely not alone. So many similar stories that I've got. Yeah. Please continue sending in stories. If that's something that you're comfortable with, it's really inspiring, great topics. Um, Mm -hmm. if you have any more questions about, you know, setting boundaries with people in your life or cutting people out of your life, um, or any questions about anything, email us at surviving at wine and cuss word. Surviving, surviving on wine and cuss words at, at gmail.com. That's right. Or um, Instagram, surviving on wine and cuss words. I've gotten some yeah, messages Yeah, mom checks there. the messages. I check the messages. Um, you know, we will be back in two more weeks. We're hoping to have a remote interview with my brother and he can kind of discuss like a sibling point of view and mm-hmm. kind of what he experienced and tell his side of the story. He's super excited. Um, we also have my fiance coming on and kind of discussing what it was like to experience his um, abuse as a young male. So Fiance. Yes, my fiance. <laughs> um, so lots of great episodes coming down the pipeline so that you're not just hearing us too. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say when the messages come in, when you guys email me, I know it's going to be a hard story to read. So it may take me a couple of days to get back to you, but I will get back to you as soon as I can take a minute, get my wine. Sit down and read them. I yeah, will get back to you. It might not be healthy for you to read all of those. I know. You, well, know, no, it's you a, may just need to you know, take time with it. It takes a little bit of time, and I can be in the right headspace. I just have to sit down as kind of a um, uh, put, put a box kind of compartmentalized situation. Like yeah. this one little part of me can sit down and read these at, and then respond to them. I just have to be in the right headspace. Headspace. Space, headspace. There's no such thing as headspace. It's okay. headspace. <laughs> and yes, I will read and I will respond. I just, it may take a couple of days, so be patient with me. All right. We will see you guys in two weeks. As always, have an absolutely lovely week. We love um, you. We're yes, here. We love you. We're here for you. You're not alone. Keep going. Keep listening. Subscribe follow <laughs> like subscribe tell follow, people give us a five-star rating <laughs> oh my gosh yes we have some of those we do have a couple that's great <laughs> all right appreciate it guys i love you guys bye thank you bye